0: Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, ladies and gentlemen, for a practice report rapid reaction presented by Byers Auto. Uh, That's the 40-year vet Tim May, that's Andy Backstrom. The reason I'm so flustered at first is because I was trying to figure out before we started this, where to start. Uh, (laughs) The simple answer is I have no clue because we're talking to multiple players for the first time since the loss to Michigan uh, in the horseshoe. We only talked to JT Tui Moloow and CJ Stroud after that. It was obviously very emotional since then. They've not only gotten their emotions in check, they're now in the college football playoff, they have a second lease on life, they're ready to, to face Georgia, they're on to Georgia, they're not worried about a potential rematch with Michigan in the title game. The whole nine yards, actually the whole 53 and a half, 53 and a third, Tim, where do you wanna start?
1: Well, emotions, you know, you can like, extrapolate that out and it becomes mojo, right? I, I think they've got, uh, it seems like they've got both of those back, but from a, a bulletin standpoint, you know, as we reported on uh, late Tuesday night, uh, uh, or middle Tuesday, afternoon. it doesn't matter what the time was. Uh, Trivion Henderson has opted out of playing in the college football playoff to to get surgery done on his foot, which was probably a long time coming. Uh, uh, And people need to understand about a sprain. A sprain can mean a lot of things, but a sprain means there's a partial, if not a almost full tear of some ligament or a couple of ligaments somewhere. So he's gonna get that repaired. Uh, Probably he could have played uh, as this went on, he could have played if he would wanted to in a limited sense, but one little tweak here and there would have probably ended it. But, uh, but the point I'm getting to here is I was just talking to Mayan Williams after practice and, or after the interviews, and he feels as close as he's felt to 100% in a long time. Yeah. And of course, he was dealing with a, with a banged up uh, uh, ankle and a, a knee, probably banged a shoulder to a certain extent at one point his hand. Uh, in his hand. And, uh, and he's feeling good about uh, what he's going to be able to contribute to the, uh, the game against Georgia. So those, those are a couple of the semi-bulletins to deal with just from a, from a, uh, a player personnel standpoint. And then of course, and I'll hand it off to Andy on this, and I'm sure he's gonna write about it. JT Tui on that Tuesday after the Michigan game, coming out and feeling compelled to give his uh, fellow players a pep talk because he felt like the Dauber was down, and it was down, you know, his Dauber was down for that matter, because it seemed like their whole season had just imploded. And uh, there was reason to hope, but there was also reason to rejoice in the fact that you're gonna get to play another football game regardless. But if, man, if you get that wish, which did come true that you're in the college football playoff, you gotta get ready for it. And uh, I'll hand it over to Andy from, from this point.
2: Yeah, that that seemed like a huge moment for this team. I mean Tanner McAllister the safety transferred in from Oklahoma State talked about no one really wanted to be there before JT had that moment and I think that says a lot for a sophomore to come in and make that kind of statement. I know CJ was vocal as well they said but just to have leaders on this team stepping up and they said Ryan Day kind of controlled the narrative too. you know what's expect that we're going to get into the college football playoff but to have guys you know, outside of the coaching staff that are stepping up and sending that message. I think it's critical. It seemed like they got a lot of work in that week that was treated as a college football playoff preparation week in terms of fundamentals, getting right, self scout, you know, just getting back on track with good on good. It seemed like that was huge for them and to have that mindset that was, you know, help promoted by J T to a mobile, I think that's critical for this team, um, and especially for him as an underclassman leader. Yeah. Here in the Woody.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so now that speech is in the books. It's gonna, you know, could potentially go down as a legendary speech in Ohio State history if this thing all plays out the way that the Buckeyes are hoping it to. Uh, you know, Zach Harrison was very blunt. They're on to Georgia. <laughs> you know, there's a hilarious moment. Uh, I've sounded as dumb as possible where he said, you know, Michigan is in the back of our minds. I said, well, isn't it in the front of your mind since you know that it just happened? And he said, no we're on to Georgia and I kind of felt like an idiot but it was a good moment to know that this team isn't just looking back on the Michigan loss this team understands that it is on to Georgia it's not just about the Michigan loss there was I hope a, they
1: understand it
0: there was a lot of talk about being on to Georgia in this in this building today there's a lot of talk about what happened against Michigan it obviously still has a very sour taste in their mouths but at the same time They've now got to worry about trying to stop Darnell Washington and, and Brock Bowers and Stetson Bennett. They've now got to worry about trying to block Jalen Carter. You know, I asked uh, Donovan Jackson the first question he got off the bat. I just asked him, I said, hey, how good is Jalen Carter? And the the, the the interview went from there because that's how good Jalen Carter is, you yeah. have to ask. So there's a lot to worry about with this Georgia team. And I think the Buckeyes are doing a good job of, of keeping Michigan in that game at arm's length, but not letting it get much further away than that. Making sure that it's still there, but it's not the only thing they're they're focusing about. They're not still licking their wounds. They're on to Georgia. They're ready to play for a national championship. I'll tell
1: you what, man, I hope it's in the front of their minds. Georgia is the number one team in the country. It's undefeated. It just won the Southeastern Conference Championship. This is the real deal. This is the best team they've played. They will have faced this year, including the team that just beat them, in my opinion. So, uh, I, you know, these guys aren't fools, they understand what's going on. You know, it's, it's hard uh, two weeks before a game to, to be up for a game, because what, what you really want that is once you get to Atlanta for things to really ramp up. and Yeah. Uh, I, I think Ryan Day is a pretty good, does a pretty good job of that. I mean, we saw that in the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago, the college football playoff win over Clemson. Uh, then they got decimated from a health standpoint. And then got decimated further once the game started uh, from a health standpoint against alabama so that, i wouldn't have called that of even a, a fair fight uh but uh but the bottom line is they they know what's in front of them and it's kind of like their christmas has already come the christmas came when utah beat the daylights out of southern california in the second half yeah and they understand that it's like a new lease on life and they're all looking forward to it they've got a heisman trophy finalist quarterback well so does georgia you know what i mean yeah but the bottom line is they're led by a guy who uh, really wants to put his stamp on things, but already has to a certain extent. I'm talking about C.J. Stroud. And, uh, and then pass that defensively, you know, I was talking to Cam Brown. You know, cornerbacks have to have a short memory, as he says, you gotta forget what just happened. But you know what, you gotta learn from what just happened. And that's the key. Uh, this defense has been grilled. They were schooled the day after. They came out and ran some things and and said, "All right, this is what went wrong on those five breakaway plays for 350 yards and five touchdowns, which really cost them that game against Michigan." When you when you boil it all down, and uh, so we'll see. The proof will be in the pudding on the December 31st. But uh, this defense feels like it learned some valuable lessons, especially on the backside of the defense. Uh, but we're gonna find out.
2: Yeah, and they're going to stay aggressive. That was made clear. Jim yeah. Knowles is not going to change his ways. The scheme isn't going to change. They're going to fix what happened. A lot of that was fixable, um, you know, just a matter of not executing. Miss assignments was repeated today. Defensively, that was the problem against Michigan. Another thing I wanted to point out is that, you know, a lot of attention has been on Jackson Smith and Jigba after opting out himself and not playing in the cultural ball playoff because of his nagging injury with the hamstring and a lot of people have been critical of that. C.J. Stroud passionately talked about that today. Talked about you know defending his teammate, how hard you know Jackson has worked at trying to get back to the field. And then same thing with Travion. A lot of criticism I've seen on social media about him opting out as well. Um, and people, have, you know, his own teammates come to defense of him as well. And I think it's just important to point out that these guys did play through injuries. Like There yeah. was a point tried, where JSN yeah. tried to come back. He didn't have to play against Toledo. He didn't have to play against Iowa, even though he didn't play that full game. Same thing with Travion, didn't have to come back against Maryland or play through any of the games he did post-Toledo. And you know some of those guys would have just, or they could have just opted out and not played at all. So yeah. that's something to remember. And that was certainly conveyed today by their teammates that, hey, they already did more than was maybe asked of them other programs other ways you know they might have just called it a season shut it down get fully healthy for the next year or in jsn's case start looking towards the nfl so that's something to keep in mind when you look at this team and what they can or can't do but they've been preparing like this all season they've had injuries all year they've needed to win without certain guys so it's nothing new for this here's something
1: that's proven every day though especially when things like this happen uh there are jackasses out there that are going to make comments i mean (laughs) That's just the way it is, uh, and we've talked about this before, Spence. Uh, they've played all year without Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yep. This team got what 25 or 30 plays out of Jackson Smith and Jigba, maybe 30, maybe 40. I don't, I didn't do the, I didn't do the count. My point is, Emeka Buca, yes, exactly. But you know what I'm saying, Emeka Ibuka, Julian Fleming. You know, everybody, like, like somebody asked. Uh, uh, Marvin Harrison, Jr., that question, you know, Well, it's going to be like? Well, he had, Marvin Harrison, Jr., kind of pointed out, we've played without him all year. Wasn't slamming Jackson, but this team, my big line is this team has moved on. You know, the train has moved on. And uh, now Travion, um, that was, a, you never knew how many plays you were going to get out of him. He was giving it the old college try, but sometimes it comes to the point where the old college try hurts a little bit too much. He probably could have played if he, you know, maybe, but uh, that's a maybe. The bottom line is it's better off for him for sure and for this team for next year for him to get to as close to 100% as he can get again.
0: Yeah, because March 5th, March 6th, whenever they kick off spring practice, right around the corner. Yeah. hate to say it like that, but yeah. for Travion Henderson.
1: I'd be more worried about August than uh, March 1st. I know, yeah. but you look yeah. forward to, can I, I get you. back
0: for, spring, for yeah. spring practice? Yeah, Tim, I think it was more the old university try since this is the Ohio State University well, uh, for Travion Henderson. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, uh, that's uh, – but, That's not the cliche. You know, th- the bottom line, as you like to say, Tim, is Mayan Williams is healthy. Yeah. And Dallin Hayden is healthy, and I think I – th- I'm not going to put words in their mouths, but I think Ryan Day and Tony Alford watched back over that Ohio State-Michigan game, saw that Dallin Hayden wasn't in the game, and said, really? Why, why wasn't he in the game? Because he – Brian Day admitted – Dallin Hayden will be a bigger part of this offense against Georgia than he was against Michigan. Mayan Williams obviously will because he's going to be healthier. Those two backs are very capable, even against a front like Georgia's. We talked to Luke Whipler. We talked to Donovan Jackson, Paris Johnson, uh, Dewan Jones. We talked to four of the five starters on the offensive line. Still yeah. not sure who that fifth starter is going to be. Can Matthew Jones get healthy? We don't know yet. Uh, they all agree that they're going to be able to do things against Georgia. Uh, they know that they can. They're one of the best offenses in the country. It really helps to have proven running backs back there. Dallin Hayden is now a proven running back. He's not just a freshman anymore. Uh, You know, Mayan Williams is more than a proven running back. I asked him if he remembers and looks back on those four carries against Clemson. He said, oh, yeah, that was kind of an unreal moment from, you know. And I thought Mayan did a better job today in front of the media than he has all year. He was talking to us a little more than he usually does. So. You know, this more ru-
1: bubbly. He was more bubbly.
0: Yeah, this rushing attack is not is not lacking stars. It can still get the job done without Trayvon sure. Henderson, uh, as it really has for most of the year. Yeah. Gotten the job done without Travian Henderson, he hasn't been his normal self. Only five. But like,
1: but like we talked about uh, yesterday, uh, one of the reasons why, and and, and Ryan Day uh, hinted at that was from a pass protection standpoint. Uh, Mayan was limited in that game from physically. I was, you know, we talked to him. He just didn't have that for one another term, that, that, that wiggle, you know, because yeah. of his foot, ankle. Uh, and he's not really a wiggle guy. But, but uh, Dallin Hayden, you just you – just, I think what I got was they felt more um, confident with Chip Traynum in there because they, they were in a come-from-behind situation in the second yeah. half especially, which is when guys would have gotten, gotten more carries. So there were all kinds of things that go into that. Sometimes you look back on it when you're a coach – or, or a uh, position coach and go man you know why didn't I have so and so in the game there what were we thinking there and you go back and you know, so everybody learns from a loss like that including you know the uh the substitutional players but I'm just curious you know like Matt Jones I thought Enoch Vimahi played pretty good in that game I thought Josh Fryer played pretty well in that game that's a bonus when you're now you've got those guys from a uh, from a depth standpoint were much more proven than they were even. For I know Josh Fryer started that whole game and, and played a whole game earlier in the year. But the bottom line is you've gotten those guys some valuable reps against a reputable number two, number three team in the in the nation. So there are all these silver linings that they can lean on. I think in this game, if that, if in fact Matt Jones isn't 100 percent.
2: After the machine game, the whole team found itself in a position it hadn't been in. They were out of control. Of their destiny. A lot of guys talked about watching that <laughs> USC game and where they were you know paris johnson said he was with his girlfriend and she got super excited afterwards he was like well not so fast we have to see what tcu does we you know see if we actually see our logo pop up other guys were talking about seeing bryson shaw playing for usc and yeah. having the bittersweet moment of cheering for bryson but then yeah. also be angry because it was crazy because he USC looked like the was best up. player on usc's right. defense yeah right? i think Steele steel chambers even said like bryson was single-handedly fueling this usc first half and <laughs> yeah. um maybe that's exaggerated a little bit but certainly mixed emotions during that time and and obviously they get the outcome they needed the help they needed to get in but now they're the underdog and and it was pointed out by a couple players like we they kind of had this underdog mentality all year even though they were favored in the spread pretty much every game by a significant amount they were still coming off the loss against michigan last year so the whole year it was this narrative of we are overlooked you know we are and, and they didn't beat Michigan again. So they still feel like they have that mentality. It's not new. Well, it might be new in the spread. It isn't necessarily a new mindset that they have. Yeah. But just coming off a loss, I think you you do have a different mentality. You're playing angrier, Teron Vincent said. Yeah, to yeah.
1: Teron Vincent, After the, I said, by the way, I, I said this on TV the other night. It's the Bulldogs versus the underdogs in this game. And that's extremely accurate. And underdogs, when they step into the ring, they do have a chip on their shoulder. And... The other, you know, but the other team is the champion, just like in boxing, come take it from me. That's what it's going to be about.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's weird because we talk about, you know, a second lease on life and now you get to practice for a national championship. Well, behind me, guys, there's two, three, four, six national champions, seven national champions, eight national championship banners hanging right here in this building, eight of them. Yeah. You practice in the shadow of national championship banner every time you step on this field. The Big Ten is out of the question. So these Big Ten championship banners don't mean anything at this point, but... It's not like you're not practicing for a national championship every single day. So I understand that the switch gets flipped when for a week you think that you're out of it because you lost to Michigan. Then you have to turn the page and now you get to practice for a national championship. Well, since they beat Utah in the Rose Bowl last year, the national championship expectation was placed on this team starting January 1st at 8.30 after the Rose Bowl ended. After Noah Ruggles kick sailed through the upright and they win the Rose Bowl, That began the national championship practice mentality. So, like, yes, I understand that there was a switch from, oh, we don't think we're going to get in, to now we're in and we get to practice. But spring practice, training camp, all of that was toward playing for a national championship and really what a lot of people thought, including myself, if you go back to the Tim May podcast at the beginning of the year, playing for a national championship against Georgia. And so, you know, I think we both picked Ohio State, Georgia, in the national championship game. Well, here we are, you just get it eight days early. And so, you know, this has been building toward that the entire year. Now Ohio State finally has a chance to do it, except instead of eight days between a semifinal and a Georgia game, you get five weeks between a terrible loss to Michigan and the Georgia game.
1: Yeah, and you know what's funny is I was thinking about that when we were talking to some of the players because Ryan Day admitted, you know, a a week or so ago, uh, yeah, you think about that loss to Michigan. Yeah, you think about having another shot at them but that's more of a distraction almost, that possibility for the media than it is for these players. Oh, I I can't guarantee you, when they watch video of Georgia getting after it with their defensive front, especially their defensive line, and then they watch video of those two tight ends they've got and just the way they want to line up and kind of mash you physically and then hit you over the top and then Stetson Bennett sneak out and get a first down, that has got all of their attention. You agree? I mean, uh, if it doesn't—it's got then, my attention too. Yeah, but if it doesn't, then you're not—you're not paying attention. I think this team is very much paying attention because they have gotten this new lease on life, and it's not about having a chance to beat Michigan again. It's about winning the national championship, whoever that might be. And I will remind people, Michigan hadn't beaten TCU yet, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they're in a much better spot than, you know, like I keep thinking to myself. It feels like mentally this is a better situation than last year where you lose to Michigan. You know that's what keeps you out of the college football playoff. You end up in the Rose Bowl. You win it, but. It's kind of got the asterisks next to it. It seems like in this situation. Well, the
1: first half, too. I mean, the first quarter and a half, it's like they were almost sleepwalking too. And now all of a sudden, boom. Yeah.
2: For sure. But now in this situation, yes, you lose to Michigan. Yes, that's obviously a concern going forward with that series. But that's not the emphasis right now. Like, not only were questions not really being asked about that, that's not really what they're thinking about either. And I think that's just a healthier mindset going forward into this game. It's not, I don't think we'll see that hangover effect. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think it's, so going forward, you know, even after this game, I think it's better for next season too, of having this, not a clean slate in a sense, cause you t- still lose to Michigan, but it's not the same kind of the whole year is going to be built around the Michigan game. The whole yeah. year is gonna be built around what happens in the college football playoff. Yeah. And I think that's healthier. It,
1: it is pretty funny though, cause uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was talking about, you know, their, their goals I- here. Uh, at Ohio State are to win the Big Ten East, win the Big Ten Championship, and get into the college football playoff and win that, you know. And two of those are, will not have been fulfilled this year, but they still have the shot at the, the number one goal, which is and, uh, at Ohio State. The number one goal is to win the national championship. Yeah, you beat Michigan a long way, that's that's gravy. You get it, go, go pants. You beat uh, the Big Ten West champion, uh, you get a trophy. But this, they're after the big one, and uh, and they're still in it. And, and you can just feel it, man. It's just rejuvenation uh, uh, from a spirit standpoint. Like you said, the the, the the closeness between emotion and mojo is right there. I mean, you can see it, and they've got it back, I think.
0: Now that I've talked to this team, you know, I was trying to draw comparisons with the 2020 Ohio State team that ended up beating Clemson the Sugar Bowl. I, think, I don't even think I'm drawing comparisons to an Ohio State team. We just talked to these guys. Now all I can think about is that 2017 Alabama team that – uh, loses to Auburn. Yeah. By double digits. One of your goals at Alabama is to beat Auburn. You know that. Yeah. One of your goals at Alabama is to win the SEC. Well, they didn't beat Auburn. They didn't get to play for an SEC title. Georgia wins the SEC title. Alabama sneaks into the college football playoff, wins the first game in the college football playoff, wins the national title. It's a roundabout way. Uh, you know, if the GPS tells you to go this way t- in 10 minutes, it's going to tell you to go another way in 35 minutes. Yeah. You get to the same place, just a really long, weird route to do it. Uh, I think Alabama took the weird, long route. I think Ohio State, if they're going to win a national title, obviously going to have to take the weird, long route. But that doesn't mean it can't be done. Yeah. And I think that's what this team's focus is right now as we wrap things up on the rapid reaction so, well, let's say presented this, by Byers Auto.
1: And, and this is what we're talking about. You're not going to beat Georgia if you give up five plays for 350-something yards and five touchdowns. I think I, gonna, that ain't gonna happen. They, I, I agree. Mean, they're just the physical aspect of it. Now they got to take care of business. JT Two Tuimola came out and gave a gave a little talk to the team at exactly the right moment. Okay, but like you said, the proof will be on December 31st. Did you get the Did you get the message? And this is what's interesting to me is I think all four of these teams have had remarkable seasons in their own right, and the idea that now the only one you're going to like, just you know, celebrate is going to be the one that's left standing on January the 9th at SoFi Stadium. When in fact, I think Ohio State getting to the college football playoff is such an achievement because it rewarded them for what they had done all the way up to the Michigan game. Agreed? They had put Kind themselves, of. They had put themselves to still be in the position after losing, to still be in the conversation. I think there's something to be said about that from a from a, not only a program building standpoint but by the way you played through the season and stuff and uh but now comes the uh the chance for total redemption.
2: Yeah, I mean I don't know how many people will remember it that way just given the one loss that they had, but I see right, I, I exactly. agree with what you're saying the body of work was there and that's why the committee valued that. You know, if if they didn't have that body of work, if they weren't beating teams badly like they did, they wouldn't have gotten in. So that is true for sure. But I think the legacy of this team is going to be how do they perform against Georgia and can they get that bad taste out of their mouth from the Michigan game can they even just being really competitive you know obviously they want to win they want to win a national title there will be a letdown if they don't win this game but there will be a lot less of a letdown if it's a close game going into the fourth quarter at, or at the end of the fourth quarter than if it's a blowout and then there's major questions about this defense, about this coaching staff. Toughness. And toughness. And then we repeat the cycle we did last year, which, yeah. which is this narrative of fixating on these last two games and what went wrong versus a hey, that was one of the most competitive games against Georgia, one of the best college football playoff games of all time. <laughs> there's a very different outcome and narrative there. So yeah. I think that's going to be the legacy.
0: Yeah, a lot of questions about legacy today as we finally got to talk to these Buckeyes in the aftermath of the Michigan loss in the look-ahead to the Georgia game. Uh, Letterman Row have full coverage of Ohio State Media Day here in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center as the week goes on. As next week goes on, we get into the Christmas holiday. Before we head down to Atlanta for Ohio State, Georgia, and the Peach Bowl, that's the 40-year vet in May. That's Andy Backstrom, I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching Rapid Reaction presented by Byers Auto. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is even about to get out of here, wrapping up with the wide receivers on the on the uh, the crazy catching machine, uh, the monarch machine that they always are using. So Hi, he
1: doesn't have an nil with that yet. I have no idea.
0: Well, maybe you can broker that deal, Tim. i know. to work
1: on it with him a while ago.
0: I've heard rumors about Ohio State and NIL enough this week. I don't think we need to rehash those. I think we're. it's time we get out of here. So, again, for Tim, for Andy, I'm Spencer. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Byers for sponsoring the video. We'll see you guys back in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center next week for full coverage of Ohio State, Georgia, as we inch closer to the Peach Bowl.